You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kipolevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. So let's see what we can understand about Yerushalayim and the Beis HaMikdash from the Rambam. The Rambam, quoting the Gemara, says, Ein mosifan ala ir o ala zorois, el al pimelech v'alpinovi uba'urim v'tumim v'alpisan hedrin shoshim v'echad. Now, um, what does this mean? Let's say we want the city to be larger. We want to extend Yerushalayim. Or we want the Azarot to be larger. Hmm. Why should the Azarot be larger? Those of us that are learning Dafyomi know that the Mishnayos tell us exact figures. Okay. But perhaps that was could change. The Mishkan was a, was a different uh, amount of space than the Beis HaMikdosh. Is it possible that we could have a larger space than what was built at the time of Zerubbabel, Ezra, Nehemiah, and even from Hordes? Can, can it get bigger than that? Yes. But you need a Melech and a Novi and Oren Betumim to do that. And you need a Sanhedrin, Shoshim Be'echod. How do you know that? So the Gemara in Shavuos that the Rambam quote says, it's from a Pesach, Shanamar, G'chol asher ani mara uscha v'chein ta'asu. This is totally extra. Moshe Rabbeinu was told that whatever I show you, that is what you need to do with the Mishkan. And so it shall be done. Why does, God doesn't need to say that. God is commanding. So the word v'chein ta'asu is seen as a hint and as a directive for future generations. There's going to be the same process, that process of Moshe Rabbeinu, or someone standing in his place, hearing words of God, that the same way God can determine the exact size and, 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 and geographic place and dimensions of a place of Shekhinah, that can happen again and will happen again. But you need to replicate what was done in the Midbar. Moshe Rabbeinu served two roles. He was a Melech and a Novi. And he had the Zikainim with him. In fact, there's an opinion in the Gemara that says that he was the Sanhedrin as well. There's an opinion in the Gemara that says that Moshe was a triple role. He was the Sanhedrin, he was the Melech and the Novi. Now, in future generations, you would need to have all three. You need to have, for example, Shlomo HaMelech and Nosan HaNavi, or other Nevi'im, and the Sanhedrin. So if you have those three, and you have a command from the Novi, you have the Kohen functioning with the Urim Vitumim, like Aaron was, you have the Sanhedrin in a sense, now here's a question, do they have to agree, do they have to decide? This is really a whole complicated issue. We want to extend things. Well, the Navi got a Navua. Does he does the Sanhedrin needs to check out that he's a proper Navi? Does the Sanhedrin just have to sign off on it and, and rubber stamp it? Okay, this is an issue which I'm not gonna be able to solve today. But you need to have the confluence of all these things together. Now, how do you extend the city? Kate's and Mosif and here. So here it's interesting. The Rambam says the Bezdin the Sanhedrin take center stage. 
they put up shtei todot. Those aren't the animals, as the Gemara says, but those are the those are two huge lachme. Those are the 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 we bring the carbon. The animals get brought, and then you take the. There's forty breads that go with the carbon toda. The bezdin brings their own personal carbon toda. Why are they bringing it? Because maybe something tremendous happened. Maybe they are happy of a nest that occurred. So they take two of the lachamim. Now they have to give one to the Kohen to eat. The dinners of a korban toda, that a korban toda, as you know, um, uh, it was an offering of thanksgiving about a great miracle. There was a 40 breads. Four of them go to Kohan, and the other 36 need to be eaten in a 12-hour space along with the meat of this animal. Now, they took two of those breads. Those, the meat and the breads can only be eaten in Yerushalayim. So what happens? So, somebody holds the breads, and the Bezdin walks behind them. This is all learned out from the Psukim in Sefer Nehemiah. Sefer Nehemiah talks about how they did this. And what do they do? They go with, with various musical instruments that are usually used in the Beis HaMikdash. They take them through the city and they stop Many people just want to get the parade over. They actually stop. They go through the city, the stones that are already part of the city, and they say, We are going to praise you, God. We're going to elevate you, God. Right? We're going to elevate you because you picked us up. You did something great for us, so we are going to give back the praise to you. And then they get to where they have decided we're going to extend the city to. They stop there. So again, it's determined that we're going to extend. The Navi knows, the Sanhedrin agrees. And what do they do? They, 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 they have an orchestra. A, 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 a beautiful symphony of song, and I would assume dance, and an air of happiness, as we now extend Yerushalayim. That's the ear that we're talking about. And here's where we're going to. Now we stop. Now how do we, how are we Makadish this place? So the Rambam, based on the Mishnayos and the Brysos in Mesech Shvuos, says that you eat the Lechem Toda there. Because we know the meat and the bread can only be eaten what's considered Yerushalayim. Yesterday, this wasn't Yerushalayim. But today it is. And you know what's making it Yerushalayim? The decision of the Sanhedrin, the decision of the Melech, and the Novi, but that's not enough. What turns it into Yerushalayim is eating a carbon there. 
eating the carbon that can only be in Yerushalayim. One of the Lachamim is eaten, and the other gets burnt. It's very strange. I understand about eating one, but the other one, which I guess could symbolize the possibility of going further, the possibility of, of, of going beyond, that gets burnt. And maybe it's even the idea that yesterday we couldn't eat this thing here. And yet today we are. So one of them is burnt and the other is eaten. And once that is eaten, that becomes Yerushalayim. That becomes an extension of Kedushas Yerushalayim. That's the way you do it. Let's say we want to extend the Azara, the Beis HaMikdosh. What do you do? Well, you have a Korban Mincha. The Korban Mincha has a din of Kochi Kochim, the Shiori Mincha, just like the pieces of the Chattas. They can only be eaten in the Azara. So the same way Yerushalayim, what's Makadashit? The Korban Tod, the, the Lechem Tod is Makadashit. The fact that you eat it, it needs to be eaten. That's Makadashit. In the Azara, we use something that can only be eaten in the Azara. What is similar to the lechem? The mincha. They're both meals, meaning from grain. It's very interesting. It's not meat that's makadashit. It's, it's grains that are makadashit. The Rambam doesn't explain why. The Rambam is going with the Talmud. But it's quite fascinating. Because you would think that... What symbolizes the Korban Pesach, for example, is meat. You can eat meat, kachay kalim, ashlomim. I'm eating the meat in Yerushalayim. It's not the meat, it's the, it's the lechem. And it's interesting, it's also the chametz that's eaten. The chametz lechem that's eaten. Now, in, in the, obviously in the Azari, you don't eat chametz. But it's still wheat that you eat. Again, it'd be, the Rambam, if he would hear me, and, I, and maybe he does in some way, he would say, okay, Kibalevich, the details you're never going to figure out. Go on. I'd like to suggest, sort of an idea. The Rambam does not say it. Would the Ramban agree with it? Maybe. So I don't know if this is the Ramban versus the Rambam, but this is me influenced by a Ramban mentality, trying to understand why, first of all, what's Makadish, this spot, is Lechem and not Basar. Um, the the uh, the Alter Rebbe uh, constantly quotes the Zohar that or quotes a number of times that um, based on the Gemara, the Gemara says that Einachita Kore Abba Einatina Kore Abba El Adshe Toyem Tam Chita. And Chita, in fact, there's another Gemara that says that that the Tsoa of a Koton is considered problematic once he starts eating grains. So in other words, chita is connected to das. There's a sense of, of, of maturity that, and again, you'd say, well, you need teeth to eat meat. That's true. But chita, wheat, is, is, is more than just the meat that you give 
a little babe who has his first teeth to get his protein. The bread is connected Kabbalistically to the idea of das, the idea of, 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 of a certain recognition. Um, again, he recognizes his father and can give him a name. That's what happens with the eating of chita. In fact, there is an opinion that says that the Eitzadas was a chita. We think of it as Adam and Eve eating from the apple, but there is an opinion that says it was actually um, it was actually from chita. And that's not it's, it's not the only opinion. But one of the things that that supports that opinion is because we see even today a child becomes a baldas by having grains in his mind. If you'd only feed him vegetables or, or, or protein and meat, he would not develop intellectually the way he would develop, as I'll say, with uh, grains and bread. So for some reason, grains and bread represent the idea of das, the idea of somehow recognizing a, a greater power. And in that way, the eating of them here by in the Beis HaMikdash, more than the meat, which definitely makes you feel something. It's about das. It's about understanding. It's about, Dr. Kogan mentions a family feeling. It's more than, I believe, a feeling. It's also an understanding that is symbolized by the Menachot. The Menachot are always, in a way, connected to, even if you say the Oni who brings the Mincha, the Nefesh, there, there, there's, it's, there's almost a way to, to move beyond the sensual just pleasure of the meat. There's something here, although a great, you know, again, chametz might, it might, it might taste wonderful. Uh, the matzah, which is the, of the toda, isn't necessarily as tasty, although the matzahs uh, that we know did have something to them. But I think it is connected Kabbalistically to the idea of das. But again, this Remember is Kavlevich? Yes. Remember what do you Kavlevich? think? That, what do you think, Bob? Well, I, I I think that actually works very well. I, I just wanted to say something, and maybe you had this in mind already. So forgive me if I'm already saying yeah. something you said. But uh, in Brachot, uh, there's a very clear message that um, grains uh, are at a higher level of a higher relationship in terms of food uh, than other things. That's why uh, we have a special bracha, even if it's not bread per se, but if it's, if it's um, just something you make this own note over, it's at a higher level. And indeed, uh, the, um, the, the, the growing of the special grains, at least the way I understand it, um, it, the, the matter of, uh, you know, more growth during the sixth year uh, when Shemitah was being practiced and all of this kind of thing actually has to do with the, um, the close relationship between the Jewish people and Hashem. And so therefore, um, grain is selected over meat, which is only the Rabbi say Shahakol, Right. And because that is not, that's not related to Hashem's bounty for the country of Israel. 
Um, yeah, you're, you're correct, Bob. In, in other words, the, the fact that the land can grow, the land, first of all, like Bob says, you, you, you make the highest bracha possible for grains, hamotzi lechem and aritz. Um, and it also, uh, so I think there's the das, like the Zohar says, but as Bob points out, there's also the fusion of man and God, which is mostly visible in, in hamotzi lechem and aritz. Think about it. Of all these foods, although, you know, you have chefs that can create dishes from fruit, but for the standard person, the, the, the effort that we go into to creating a bread dish, a matzah dish, represents a huge amount of human energy. The malachas of Shabbos, are, are, as we know, are partially built on how we, with our seichel, are able to, from the grain, create this bread, right? Now, again, an animal also takes, you have to, you know, you come from Texas or from Memphis, Bob, you know that there's people who will tell you exactly how you got to barbecue and you got to do it just right to get it right. But basically, you raise the animal and you slaughter it and now you've got to just strip it, you've got the meat. To create the bread takes a lot more. And yet, that's the bracha that, 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 that is most high on the, uh, as Bob says, in the hierarchy of recognizing God. And you're saying, hamotzi lechem minoritz. What do you mean, hamotzi lechem minoritz? God did it? I did it. I mean, God got the wheat out of the ground, but was that lechem already? Human beings made it lechem. That's what Tunis Rupus asked Rabbi Akiva. He said, right? He said, well, you know, what's going on over here? You know, is, is, is God great? You know, look what God makes you do. Right? God makes you have to work so hard. And of course, now Chazal will tell you, and it's in last week's parsha in the Midrashim, that in the future, the, 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 the Gluskaot are going to sprout from the ground. Okay. But that itself is an indicator of what it is today. In other words, I think what this means is for today. Right, which is which was what God says, and yet when it occurs, we reach Das, which is everything that we've su- suffered through is really God doing it. So at the same, it's it's like the thing that has the most human effort and the most human understanding is where we say God brought it forth. Right, Shakolni Ebed Varo, which by the way is also a powerful bracha, is for everything. That's like the first moment of creation. There is no human beings. Hamotzi Lechem Menaretz is. God and, and man bond together, and man submits totally to God in every part of his mentality and every b- brilliant thing that he was able to create and understand that it's God who did it. That's Hamoti Lechem Menorahs. Now, Borapriagofen is similar because it also takes a lot of effort to make wine. But those two, which, which, which the, the rabbis understood, represent the pinnacle of man's expertise and understanding of how to marshal the energies of the earth. The bread, I think even more than, than, than wine, indicates man's understanding. And remember, it was somehow man's understanding in his prophecy that we need to extend, the, the, we need to extend Yerushalayim. We need to extend the Azorah. And yet, when we do it, when we eat the bread, we say, this is God's will. It isn't just political. We want it. It isn't just because we need it. We need more space. 
we need to kick those Arabs out and make an extent annex it. It's not an annexation. It is a prophetic act that is built on our seichel. God has agreed with us the same way when we make hamotzi or we produce bread and we produce the minchot. That is that it's that is like this fusion. That's what it, that is what is occurring here as well. Now, and when you eat it, now you're finished. Now, let's say, But if you don't do that, then it's not really Kodesh. Even though you got the prophecy, even. But if you didn't go through the process, if you don't, you need to have the heksher, and then you need to do this act. If you don't do all of this, it's interesting. The Rambam says, Ein Kodesh Gomer, very strange language. I'm not saying that it's not Yerushalayim, but it's not really Yerushalayim. What about Ezra? Ezra, Nehemia describes that they actually, the Sanhedrin, the Ada went and followed these breads throughout the city. The Ramam says, Zikaronu Sha'asa. It really wasn't necessary. The truth was, although Ezra came back to a place that had been sacked and, 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 and smashed by the Babylonians, and he was ex- attempting, along with Nehemiah, to rebuild and extend and put Jewish people in their place, what Ezra did really did not put Kedusha into that spot. How does the Rambam know this? Because it couldn't work. The Rambam holds there was no Melech. There might have been a person with government power. There might have been a, a, a leader. There was a Novi. They had that. They had a Sanhedrin. But they were missing a Melech. They didn't have Urim Vitumim. They had a Kohen Godo, but he, Urim Vitumim didn't work. So, how did Yerushalayim, the city, become a city of Kedusha in the time of Ezra? So the Rambam says it didn't need to. Bikadusha Rishona Shekidsha Shlomo. Shlomo's already had made it Kodesh. Shu Kidesh of Yerushalayim. He already made the, the city holy. And the truth is, the Azara, the Mokam, the Beis was chosen by God, revealed to David HaMelech, and when, 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 um, when Shlomo HaMelech builds there, now I'm not sure, did Shlomo HaMelech have to bring carbon todas? and decide how far whatever Shlomo Melech delineated through God's nevuah, that was enough. And from the time of Shlomo, not David, from the time of Shlomo on, Yerushalayim is Kodesh l'olam v'ed, l'osid lava. Even though Yerushalayim was destroyed by the Romans, it was illegal for Jews to live there, the Muslims captured it. The Kedusha of Yerushalayim was always there. And Ezra, basically, what he was doing was going through the motions 
we'll see Rav Salvatric has an explanation of what Ezra was doing, but what, what Ezra was doing was really unnecessary for Kedusha, because the Kedusha was always there. Then the Rambam says, The Rambam says you do not need a Beis Amikdosh to bring Korbonos. And if you, and again, this was the, the rationale, this Rambam in other places was the rationale of many who wanted to start bringing Korbanot. This was, of course, the, we mentioned this a number of weeks ago, who, who, who tried to create a worldwide movement and to raise funds and to get Rabbonim on his side to use the Rambam's Svarim, like this one, to determine that we can start, we can build the Mizbeach, we can have Kohanim, and we can start bringing Korbanos because it still is holy. And we can today eat It's totally destroyed. There's no walls. And the truth is, you can even eat kachim kalim. You can bring other korbanos. You can bring a korban pesach. You can bring a korban shlomim. You, if you raise grain and food in Eretz Yisrael, you can bring Meister Shani, and you can eat Meister Shani in Yerushalayim that's totally desolate and full of rats and, 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 and hedgehogs. Why? The Kedusha of Shlomo was Kitshalashite. It worked, and it worked, it worked continuously. That is the Rambam's opinion. Now, based on this Rambam, we have a problem with Harabayas. Because Harabayas is just as Kodesh as it always was. And if a person is Tomei Tumas Meis, it's also for him to go into the Azara. And a person who's Tomei Tumas Keri, or, 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 right, is not allowed to go into the Machna Leviya, into the place that was called, even though we call it Ezra's Yisro or Ezra's Noshim. So Harabayas, you can't be, um, you know, you can't be Tomei Tumaziva. Uh, you, 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 in order to go into the Machna Leviya, which is Harabayas, you have to go to the Mikvah. You, you definitely can't be a Tomei Tumas Mace. Tumas Mace, I'm sorry, you could be Tumas Mace, but you can't be Tomei Tumas Balkeri. But Lachora, if you do, however, you're Chayev Kares. All of this comes out of this Rambam. Now, the Rambam has a problem. We'll see in a second what the Rambam's problem is. But what about the rest of Eretz Yisrael? The Rambam says the rest of Eretz Yisrael, we don't say that the original Kedusha of the land lasted forever. And what was the rest of the How did the Kedusha of the rest of the land, how was it different than Yerushalayim? All of Eretz Yisrael has holiness. What is the holiness of the land of Israel? Well, stuff that grows there, grains that grow there, 
fruit that grow there are chayiv and trumas and maestras. Even what Bob just mentioned, shvius. The laws of shvius mean that anywhere in the land, the fruit and, 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 and material that grow on the seventh year are usher to sell. It's usher to do business with them. You have to treat them in a certain way. We're all going to be talking about this next year when we have a Shviyas year. However, the Rambam holds that what Yahushua did originally did not last. Why not? What Shlomo did lasted. Why what Yeshua did didn't last? As he says, Lefi, what Shlomo Melech was tapping into, what David Melech keyed him into, was that Yerushalayim and the place of the Mikdash were, were, were Kadosh because of God's presence that permeates there. God chose it. That cannot be rescinded by any human force. And the proof is from last week's Parsha. What did it say in last week's parsha? It's part of the Tokhah. That I'm going to make desolate your holy places. Now, you could have learned that to mean that he's going to destroy the base of Mikdash. But Chazal understand that to mean that I am going to make desolate, but the Kedusha is still there. Alpha Pisha Shemumim. And that's the klola. The klola is that it's desolate, it's rats, it's 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 it's, it's, it's scary stuff. It's 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 soldiers and killers. It's shamum, but it's a holy place. The Rambam, based on this pasuk, which Chazal have a kabbalah, that the kedusha is still there, and therefore. It cannot. True, God can can say, I'm going to make it desolate and you're never going to be able to stay there. But it's still our holy place. It's God's holy place and it's still our holy place. Where did the land start being chayev in counting the seven years and taking off trumas and maestros? That's because it was a kibush. That's because an army of the Jewish people came in and conquered. But then, what happened? They got it through military force. Military force was canceled by a counter-military force. What was the counter-military force? The Babylonians, the Assyrians. Okay, your army, we just smashed your army. We came in with our army, and therefore we now take control of the land. But it's finished. And therefore, once the first Corbin happened, or the first Golas happened, perhaps, even 11 years before the actual quote-unquote Corbin, but when most of the people were, were schlepped away 11 years beforehand, whatever Yeshua did was finished. And look, listen to what I'm going to say here. Yeshua didn't do it with, 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 with just tanks and, 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 and super weaponry, and forgot what the name of the, the you know, the, the Kfir, um, was it the Kfir jet? Is that what it was? What they used in 67? They used the French, right? They, they refurnished the Sherman tanks, and they, and they did something with the, with the French stuff that they had. 
right? Um, it was the mirage that became Kfir. It was a mirage. Uh, yeah. Was it a mirage missile or something? A mirage, no, mirage air. No, that's the jet. Uh, French the mirage jet. jets became the Kfir jets. The point is, they repurposed with their brilliance of the Israeli technicians and coming up with ways to take inferior weaponry and turn it into a fine-tuned uh, method of attacking that airfield. Okay. That's not the way Yeshua did it, though, right? Yeshua did have an army, but he had the Aron was going with him. And there was Tfilos to Hashem, right? It was, they had to be on a certain high level. Akadosh Baruch Hu said, I'm going to be with you. But at the end of the day, it was a war. It was a war that God was fighting on their side, but it was a war. And therefore, once the war was over, in other words, once the effects of the war was over, meaning the war gave them the country. Now listen to what I'm going to say here. Then they settled it. But what opened them up to settle the country was the power of of, of domination. It wasn't colonization. It was annexation through war. And therefore, Nifter Minatorah, Mimaisros, Now that war destroyed that, so now there is no Chiv anymore of Trumas and Maisros. Sharei Einam in Eretz Yisrael, because it's not Eretz Yisrael anymore. So for 70 years, the land of Israel was not Israel. But Yerushalayim and the Besamikdash were what they were, the place of God. But there wasn't any Eretz Yisrael. But then Ezra came. Now, if Ezra would have come as a warrior, if Ezra would have led a revolt, Ezra and Nehemiah would have led a revolt, and they would somehow have been given a prophetic words from Haggai to, to oust the, 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 the Assyrians, to oust the Babylonians, to oust the Persians. That would have been like Yoshua, but that's not what they did. They came as a, think about it, as a, as a defeated people. They came with their hat in their hands. Ezra and Nehemiah came with Persian authority, Persian help. You have a right to come back. You have a right to go back to your place. You have a right to go back to your ancestral home, like the Indians going back to Oneida in New York, or wherever reservations they're going back to. But that's a chazaka. And they brought people back there. Somehow that is stronger. Every person, including the Raivan, of course, who dismisses this, but all the early uh, Achronim do not understand why what Ezra did is more powerful than what Yoshua did. But the Rambam says it. The Rambam says because it's a it's a it's a qualitatively different type of chazaka. It's a chazaka of, 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 of being makadishit. Darke shalom? Is it the darke shalom? In a way, it's definitely in a peaceful manner. You're correct. It's we are allowed to come and live here. Now, obviously, Yoshua also 
only waged war in order to settle people there, right? That was the purpose. But it seems to have been primarily since it was war that drove the enemy out. So even though eventually they brought people in there, it remains primarily a military occupation and a military strength that creates the Kedusha. When military strength is applied in the opposite direction, the Kedusha goes off. But here, what, what, what occurs is a chazoka of human beings being allowed to settle in different places with permission. Now, even though even though the Romans came in and they drove us out, and even though we were forced to leave, right? Still, what happens? It's still Chayev and Shviyas and Maestras, but only as far as Ezra got. What's technically what's really the difference? Again, I'm trying to explain it the way, again, the, there are a lot of theories here to try to explain this Rambam. One theory, and I'll, I'll, I'll show you in a minute, the Radvaz and the Tosos Yontif. The Radvaz says that Kedusha Rishona, they didn't have the Sanhedrin. There was no Sanhedrin. It was only the power of war. The fact was the Sanhedrin was there with Ezra. Ezra was the head of the Sanhedrin. And somehow that is powerful. Now, the Rambam says Chazoka. He doesn't say the power of, of Ezra. Rav Salvechik, in a number of places, builds on this idea. And he says that it was also the power of a, of a Torah leader. Yoshua was definitely a Torah leader. But his his control of the place was done as a warrior. Whereas here, wherever they went, they 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 pronounced it as proper based on what the Sanhedrin had said. Now remember, they don't need a Melech or Urm Vitumim for that. Uh, Rabbi Kivalevich? Let me explain this just better, Dr. Cohen. It's not yeah. like Yerushalayim and and the Beis Amikdosh. The other cities, the Radvaz says, got a Torah um, uh, psak, which Yeshua did not necessarily invoke. Of course, Yeshua was doing things based on what God told him, which was conquer the land. God told him the, 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 the borders, but still, so this is why it's sort of a difficult answer. Uh, the Tosus Yontav says, we'll get to what you want to say in a second, Dr. Kogan. Tosus Yontav says that the Kedusha Shnia, which was done by settlement of the permission of the Persian Empire. What the Romans did was steal the land. Right? The Romans stole the land away. Now, why, what, why is Yeshua not as effective? Because the God in his prophecies and it became part of an official document that we call Tanakh, says that the, that the Babylonians are going to destroy the Beis HaMikdosh. So therefore, it's almost like God allows that to happen. 
<laughs> God allowed it to happen because God predicted it was going to happen. That's the reason. Whereas what happened in the second Beis HaMikdash was not part of the period of prophecy and God's predictions. It doesn't say that the Romans are going to destroy the Beis HaMikdash anywhere. No Novi ever said that. Rav Shol Yisraeli says that's hard to understand because the Roman conquest was no less divinely destined than the Babylonian one. God was behind both too. We can find even hints to the Romans also in, in the books of Daniel, in the books of Daniel. So again, what, what, what Tashiyantav is saying is that the, the, what Yoshua did is canceled because the Torah, the Nevi'im say there's going to be a destruction. And therefore, once it's in the Nevi'im, once the Navi is, is given that, whatever Yeshua did is canceled. Whereas what Ezra did, and what Ezra is in the Navi, Ezra lasts. Um, both of these answers do not fit into the words of the Rambam at all. But both of these, but you see that this is what they are um, struggling with. <laughs> What they're struggling with is two things. Number one, Yoshua also settled the land. Number two, how can it be that the meager settling of the land of Ezra was so strong that it creates a Kedusha to Eretz Yisrael that is still here today? And therefore, according to the Rambam, we're Chayev and Shviyas from the Torah. Now, I, I want to point out to you the alternate to the Rambam. And that is the Raivad. The Raivad says on this Rambam. Svoros atzmohizu. Vlo yadati ma'ayin lo. Vakama makomas b'mishnayim ein mikdash yirkav. The Mishnah says in many places that if you there's no base on mikdash, you don't bring the miser and the truma. You let it rot. And the Gemara says when the mechitzas are gone, the kedusha is gone, and there's no difference between the mikdash Yerushalayim and the rest of Israel. In fact, I, in other words, I know there's an opinion in the Gemara and Shuos that says that what Ezra did lasted forever. That's Rabbi that's only Lashar Eretz Yisrael. I agree. First of all, I personally believe that there's no Kedusha in Eretz Yisrael at all. Not from the Torah. And anything that grows today in Eretz Yisrael, according to the Ravid, is only Chayev and Trumas and Maestras rabbinically. Does the Ramban agree with the Ravid? I'm not sure. I know he was very influenced by the Ravid in many ways. But I'm willing to put the Ramban, or at least his surrogate today, as the Ravid versus the Rambam. The Ravid says he basically believes that even though when something grew before the Chorban, it might have had holiness, but the Chorban based on Mikdash really upsets everything, and the Kedusha is evaporates. Now, even though the Ravid says there is an opinion that says there's still Kedusha, whatever grows in the land of Israel, that's only the rest of Israel. But Yerushalayim and the Mikdash are different. Those lost their Kedusha. Why? 
Meaning, Ezra, what Ezra did, according to this, again, in other words, the Rivet feels that what Shlomo did was also overturned by the destruction. The destruction of the Beis Amitosh destroyed the Kedusha of the Azar and Yerushalayim. When Ezra came in, what Ezra did either was ineffective or worked only for Ezra's time. But Ezra knew that there was going to be a destruction. Ezra knew that this would not be a real glorious Beis It wasn't as great as the first. And Yerushalayim would never reach the heights that it had in the time of Shlomo. In fact, Ezra knew that the real time of Yerushalayim would be the Messianic time. And that's when God would be Makadashit. But really, definitely after Ezra's time, and maybe even in Ezra's time, the Kedusha of Yerushalayim is not complete. And therefore, there's no inherent Kedusha today in the Malkum of the Beis HaMikdash. You're not Chayiv Kares for going in there. And even if there's Kedusha in the rest of Eretz Yisrael, you can't bring Meister Shani to Yerushalayim today because it's not technically Yerushalayim. Even though rabbinically we might want to treat it that way. This is what has been revealed to me. Now, these four, this, these three words of the Raivat, and I'm, I'm using him as my surrogate for the Ramban tonight, as a Kabbalist, as the, the Raivat was known to be a Kabbalist. We don't have Kabbalistic writings from him, but he is constantly referred to as one of the fathers of, of, of the Kabbalah in Provence that made its way to Gerona into the Ramban school. So what did the Ravid say? The secret of God is to those who fear him. Is he saying that it was revealed to him prophetically? Or is he saying, I studied this, and with my knowledge of Torah, I know it's true as if it was prophecy. This is a tremendous uh, discussion among many, many authorities, the invoking the secret of God is for those who fear him. In other words, he's almost claiming, whoever's reading this, I know I'm right. And don't trust the Rambam on this. The Rambam is basically making up his own idea. Savoras atzmahizu. It's his own idea. Whereas what I am saying is more than just me. It's me and God. Is it God giving him prophecy? Or is he saying, look, I am a Kabbalist. Even when I learn Torah, I know things in a different way than my friend, my Egyptian friend, the Rambam. And therefore, I'm telling you that the Rambam is wrong. And if a person goes into the, uh, the Azara, if a person goes into Harabayas, there's no Kares. 
this Raivad, by the way, is not just a, a little footnote. This Raivad is the basis of the Heter Mechira. The Heter Mechira would not exist had there not been Rishonim like the Raivad, who hold that the Kedush of Eretz Yisrael is gone. And it all it cancels out with the Chorbim. There's Rabbinic Kedusha, but Rabbinic Kedusha is much easier to, uh, to fool around with. You can come up with ways to sell the land. Maybe you can sell the land to the non-Jews, to the Arabs. Because, and you don't have to necessarily go into so much detail about whether they are, they do have Odezara or not. Because you're not selling the land of Israel to them. You're selling them a land that doesn't have that Kedusha. But be that as it may, Yerushalayim, there is an inherent, tremendous debate between the Rambam and the Raivan about what Yerushalayim is. And the Rambam's opinion does seem to be difficult to understand. So I will tell you what Rav Salvechik says I, uh, to explain this. And this is how we will end for tonight. Rav Salvechik explains this in his Sefer on Tshuva in the following way. He says that the Rambam combines these two elements, Shlomo and Ezra. When Yehoshua conquered the land of Israel, there was no Yerushalayim. There was no center of holiness. True, he was a prophet who had studied from Moshe Rabbeinu, and he had the Aron with him. But the way the Kedusha worked was from outward towards the inside. It was not the power of Shechina, although God was definitely agreeable. It was not the place that we recognize God touches the planet, the place of the Kodesh HaKadosh. The Aron that traveled with Yoshua represents God's will to spread his ideas everywhere and, and, and sanctify the world. But it was not inherently touching the spot where God and man meet. Thing, things that God chooses can never be canceled by human beings. God can help human activity. What Yoshua did originally, there was no Yerushalayim. What Ezra did, however, Ezra goes up to Yerushalayim first and foremost. True, there will be movement out of Yerushalayim to the rest of the country. That will occur. But it's going to be a, an extension, this is what Rav Salvechik says, of what Yoshua already, of what Shlomo established. Shlomo and David and all the tribulations that led to that and the deaths that occurred before they knew it was Yerushalayim. All of those events, the rocky events of David HaMelech's life, they all led to that incredible um, Kedusha of Shechina in that place. And now that it was revealed that this is the place with Shechina Yisidrishu, that was the place of the Mokam Ashrosa Shechina, of course the Shechina can't be canceled by anything that occurs. 
once it's almost you think human activity can uproot Kedushas Hashchina when God chooses something it's beyond time it's immutable what happens at that moment is like a continuous moment in time that is never changed by human activity or wars or anything else it's in the what Shlomo, what Shlomo Melech is able to capture that lightning in a bottle, what he's able to somehow reveal and, 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 and be the conduit for is a type of Kedusha that can't be affected by human activity. That's the Kedusha. Now, Yoshua, by definition, couldn't do that because the place had not yet been revealed yet. But Ezra, as Rav Salvechik says, makes a beeline for Yerushalayim. That's where he starts, and he taps into that, and he says, yes, we're going to settle things, but we're going to settle things based on the Kedusha Sashchina. Yes, it's going to be a bunch of farmers. It's going to be a bunch of people planting. It's going to be a bunch of people with their shirts off. It's going to be a bunch of people that are just planting and and, 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 and building little homes and villages, but he moves out of Yerushalayim somehow. He's able, that chazaka, as Rav Salvechuk wants to suggest, is the kedusha from the inside out. That is something that means, and this is really the point for today, is that we can still do that. Now, it's true, we don't have, uh, we don't have a Sanhedrin with us, but we can, Yoshua, Ezra teaches us, and we can tap into the Kedusha of Yerushalayim and extend it through the country. This is what he did. He tapped into that. The same way that can't be canceled. So even though the, the Roman legions came, the Muslims came, who knows who else came? The Crusaders throughout and, 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 and wreaked death and destruction there. They cannot obliterate the kedusha that's in the land now. So, in other words, the the let's say it even better: the crops that grow have kedusha shvius, have kedusha maestros, and that kedusha is a is part of the same kedusha that's in Yerushalayim. Kedusha, and let me say it better. If you only have the mikdash, then you what you basically have is a place that's a, like like heaven, a place that's God's country, God's domain. Yerushalayim acts as the bridge. Yerushalayim, the kedushas Yerushalayim, is what shows you that this inherently kedushas hashchina, which can't be touched by human activity and can't be raised by human activity can be brought into a city that people live in and that people sleep in and that people are human and are do their foibles in and don't wear big day kahuna in. And therefore, Ezra was able to then take that idea from Yerushalayim and maybe it's like we said in the Tosas Yontav, it's the power of Torah learning and other things. But to take that and make that his, his, his flagship to say, we can do this everywhere now. 
the same way Yerushalayim is impenetrable, I'm going to go to Ram, I'm going to go to Ramot Hay. I'm going to go to Beit Shemesh. I'm going to go to Modian Elite. I'm going to go to all those places and invest them with a chazoka. No, you're right. That's not Yerushalayim. Yerushalayim has more kedusha. But I'm going to put something impenetrable there that can never end. I'm going to put something there that is laced with a power that cannot be overwhelmed by war, that can't be overwhelmed by politics and other things. So you're celebrating us getting back Yerushalayim isn't just the ability, of course, to have the Kotel and to, and to settle there, but we have the place which is really the linchpin for how Kedushas Eretz Yisrael works. Yerushalayim is the proof that the rest of Eretz Yisrael remains holy now. Despite all the evils of, the, of, of anyone who settles it, whatever you want to say about the government, if you want to say it is, it, is, it, is, it is cruel, that they have done silly things, that they are misguided, that doesn't make a difference. As the Rambam tells us, Eretz Yisrael is mekudesh la'os in lovo. And the reason why, as Rav Salvechik says, is because it taps in to what Kedushas Yerushalayim is. It's, a, it's, it's, it's in a different way. But, it's, but, but, it, but, it, but the same way Yerushalayim and the Azara are forever, the Kedusha of Eretz Yisrael has never left us. Yes, we're waiting for Mashiach. But Mashiach is only here, like the Rambam holds, to basically begin what we already have in place. All the Kedusha is already there. It's not like, again, according to the Raivad, we're waiting for the Messianic revolution. Everything is going to turn over. The Rambam's opinion, that's why the Rambam doesn't believe the Messianic times is a complete revolution. Everything is already here. According to the Raivad, what we have over here is a, what we're, again, maybe Yerushalayim, getting Yerushalayim is indicated that we're, we're close to the time that we're going to have the big reveal of God bringing the Beis HaMikdash down from Shamayim and being Makadish the place again. But according to, the Ram, according to the Rambam, it never left. And now did it never leave, Ezra was able to tap into that. And I think getting Yerushalayim back having your shalayim back through the miraculous acts of 1967, allows us to relish that ability and to basically use Yom Yerushalayim as a day to celebrate the Kedusha that's inherent in all of Eretz Yisrael. The Kedusha that, that despite all criticism can never ever be extinguished. Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode.